Rodgers has it. Gives to Franklin. He no, dives. No, I don't think no, he got it. I no, don't think he got out, it. The ball is out. The Bengals have scooped it up. Bouncing in the pocket, his throw caught at the 10-yard line. T. Higgins straight into the end zone. Touchdown, Bengals. It's a TD. Hello and welcome to episode 157 of Cincinnati. The Bengals UK podcast. And guess what? Children, it is playoff week. It is exciting times. We haven't felt like this for five years. It's incredible. It's amazing. The nerves are already starting to kick in, I would say. We're all very excited. I can hear Nathan Palmer veritably crackling down the line to me, so we better bring him in right now. Nathan, hello. Hello, Martin. What does veritably mean? It's been a while since you've um, provided me with a word like that. What, what on earth does that mean? Hold on, I'll just check if I've got it right. Oh, no, this would be a delight if you got it wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> it means being truly, or very much so, a veritable triumph. Obsolete, true as a statement or tale. So you are <laughs> you are truly and very much so crackling down the, down the line there, Nathan, aren't you? I can feel it. I can hear. I can feel your electricity. No, I mean, I'm I'm jet lagged as hell, but I am extremely excited about um, the playoff game. And I stayed up last night. Well, I didn't stay up. I woke up at three in the morning and watched the conclusion of that Raiders Chargers game. And I no, do yeah. think you will get to it. But I mean, very exciting, son, isn't it? You know, we've got, we've got our playoff opponent locked in. Perfect time for viewers in the UK. Maybe not as exciting uh, 3.30 in the afternoon on a Saturday for people in the US. But for UK fans, I mean, that's a dream matchup for us. And at half nine at night on a Saturday night, get some food in, a few beers, get some people around to watch it. I mean, that's a pretty much dream scenario for us versus a one fifteen game in the morning on Sunday or Monday. So... Thank you for the NFL schedulers for <laughs> taking that into consideration. Yeah, I mean, there was some chat uh, around um, that um, the Bengals might be on the Monday night because they're oh. the, the hot ticket in the NFL at the moment. Everyone's talking about them. They're everyone's favourite second team. Um, and it could be Monday night. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. So, yeah, thankfully, it's a 9.30 kickoff here in the UK on Saturday. Uh, and we'll be building up in this episode to that game. We'll also have Ben Baby from ESPN coming in to talk to us. And Ben is a delight as ever. Uh, we've got your correspondence. And we've got a bit of parish news to bring you. So let's get started. Um, in a way, I don't really want to talk about last night's game because it was a it was rubbish, and, and b we all knew kind of what it was. It was not after the Lord Mayor show; it was before the Lord Mayor show. Nathan, it was a bit of a pre-season game, wasn't it? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. Um, like we, I mean, the defense played all right. The offense was pretty poor. Um, I don't think Brandon Allen really covered himself. I mean, he he had that one unbelievable game last year, didn't he? But he really wasn't brilliant yesterday. But I don't. I think it's one of those games yesterday where no one's looking at any of those development guys too closely. You've got the biggest game the Bengals have had in, like you said, at least five years coming up this week. And arguably, I'd say, certainly in the sort of 15, 20 years that I've been a fan, I think it's our best opportunity at winning a playoff game as well. So I think... Oh, don't say I'm that, not sure. Oh, I'm, not sure, anyone, I'm not sure anyone wants us to break down that game. So we no. might as well move on to the Yeah, as the I Raiders. say, I, it was nice to see Mike Daniels back on the field and he, he played with intent, shall we say. Uh, whether he was good enough to dislodge BJ Hill or someone like that I'm not sure that's up to the coaches but I wouldn't be against seeing Mike on the active roster I think you know a bit of experience and um would be good I think um I quite liked the look of Marcus Bailey as well he, yeah he's, he's been really developing well yeah he? and that's really great to see I think everyone thought you know he was a talented guy was drafted way down because of his injury problems 
Uh, but certainly in the past couple of three weeks now, since uh, Logan Wilson and or Jermaine Pratt has been out, Marcus has really stepped up. He's taken, he's taken the he's the defensive headset guy. He's kind of making plays, and that's really good to see. And of course, you've got Trey Wayne's getting some really valuable reps to get back to full match sharpness. You know, it's. I mean, it wasn't disastrous yesterday, but it wasn't great either. My big worry was that some of the offensive line starters, your Hakeem Adeniges and whatnot, actually had a poorer game than the backups who were drafted in um, to to, to yeah. naked eye. Uh, poor old Hakeem had an absolute shocker uh, yesterday, from what I saw. Although they did improve in this, I think every every everybody improved second half offensively, even Brandon Allen. Um, Good to see Trent Taylor making plays. Good to see Stanley Morgan making plays both on special teams and uh, out there uh, in the offensive first team unit. So, you know, some valuable experience for those guys and uh, just in case we need them going forward because you never know what's going to happen, really, I don't think. No, absolutely. And I, I mean, more than anything else, it's good to get those guys some proper reps, not just in the preseason, a full game against some starters of the Browns. And you hope that aids their development uh, before going into training camp um, next year. Yeah, and I should also say Chris Evans. Chris Evans uh, <laughs> scored a very fine touchdown and looked uh, the part. I think he rushed for about 70 odd yards. Uh, I think he's got a. Um, a role on this team going forward. So good to see Chris um, performing nicely there. Uh, but of course, you know, as I say, it wasn't... Uh, how nice was it, basically, just to put your feet up, not really give a monkeys about anything other than next week, knowing that you qualified for the playoffs. And um, it was a nice, if alien, feeling, <laughs> I would say, last yeah. night, I think. It would. I thought it was going to be quite interesting because Denver really looked like they might stick one yeah, to the Chiefs, yeah. and I did think then I was like, "Oh, you know what? Obviously, Tennessee got a few injuries. They weren't playing Derek Henry." You thought to yourself, "Hang on a minute, you know, if if Denver were to squeak this out, and you're both playing at the same time, like the number one seed genuinely was in play." I mean, obviously, Kansas City ended up winning that game at the end, but that I thought would have been a really interesting scenario because obviously they, they didn't travel with Joe Burrow or DJ Reader, so they would have had to have gone with Allen, I, I believe, regardless. Mm, mm. But um, no, it was, I mean, it, it wasn't a great game, but like you said, it, it's quite a warm, chuffed feeling to sit there um, with a cup of tea or something stronger, knowing you're in, knowing that really this is more of an exhibition game for Bengals fans to just sort of give some of those guys yeah. a few reps, a few, you know, a bit of playing time and obviously moving forward and looking ahead to to the week upcoming. Yeah, and and um I mean what a what a day on the NFL. I mean, you know, how the Pittsburgh Steelers got into the playoffs, I will never ever know. But no, no. gotta take your hat off to Mike Tomlin at least. Uh, yeah. I know that's not gonna be a popular opinion, but um yeah, I mean they've been rubbish all year and yet still they had a chance still they had a chance the Colts screwing things up royally in Jacksonville and uh, Houston even came roaring back against the Titans uh, but that was a mere hors d'oeuvres um, before the grand finale of the day when uh, the Raiders beat the Chargers if you're the Chargers I think you might hate the Raiders quite a lot today <laughs> they had the chance just to kind of uh, as time expired in overtime they had the chance just to kind of kneel and play for the tie uh, which would mean both of those guys qualified for the playoffs both teams and yet they decided to kick the field goal <laughs> yeah, I mean you don't blame them obviously but if, no, you're the, I, if you're the Chargers, yeah. you'd you'd be absolutely distraught, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean the Chargers really didn't do themselves any favours because they basically had them, and I think the Raiders were content to just run the clock out. But Josh Jacobs sort of burst through yeah, their defence right, and yeah. got like ten, fifteen yards, and then I think uh, Rich Bisaki had sort of thought, well, "Hang on a minute, if we can kick this from inside forty yards." We might, oh, sorry, inside 50, we might as well, because you can understand from the Raiders' point of view, as much as in the playoffs, if you're going to win it, you're going to have to play the best teams regardless. You'd much rather, if you're a Raiders fan, come and play um, at Cincinnati than you would go and play at Kansas City. No, I think, I think that's a fair point, yeah. yeah. I, and I think that um, 
you know, for the Raiders, they'd much rather sort of avoid that and um, sort of take that if they can. So, but I think for the Chargers, I mean, you'd be sick because the Chargers are one of those teams that feel like they're more than good enough to be in the playoffs. They've got good yeah. players across the board. I think people would have loved to see Justin Herbert, um, you know, cork a few balls out in you know, in the postseason. So I think people will be a bit disappointed if it's neutral. And you've got to give a ton of credit, and we'll get on to talking about the Raiders, but you have to give a ton of credit for them. You know, having lost a coach in the middle yeah. of the season yeah. Yeah. with all that controversy, obviously all the stuff with Henry Ruggs was awful. And, you know, there was another guy on the team that got arrested for drink driving about a week ago. So, I mean, the fact that they've managed to get in the playoffs ahead of teams like the Ravens, who are 8-3, the Chargers, obviously the Colts you just mentioned, it's, you really do have to, like you said with Mike Tomlin, you've got to tip your hat to Rich Bisakia, Derek Carr for putting the Raiders in the postseason. Yeah, I was going to mention that. I mean, don't discount the Raiders out because um, I know we're like crazily something like six-point favourites or something like that. Um but they've had to battle through a lot this year. And, um, and yeah, you know, as you mentioned, the Gruden fiasco, Henry Ruggs, um, all these kind of things going on. Um, it's a lot for a team to come back, and yet they have. And I think they're... I mean, they're going to be absolutely spent after last night's yeah. game. A short week as well by day. Yeah. Coming they across country, again. that's right. Yeah. So, you know, the odds are stacked against them, but they will be telling... Uh, everyone in that locker room, you know what? The odds have been stacked against us um, all season, and look where we've come. You know, I, I think it's yeah. quite been quite a quite a galvanising uh, thing for that that kind of adversity, double adversity, triple adversity, whatever. Um, they've come through that, and you know what? They've got some dangerous players, and if we we're not at it, then it's trouble. It really is. And before we start talking about the game. Nathan, I want to. I want to. I'm aware that uh, quite a few new uh, followers and perhaps listeners might be tuning in for the first time. As I mentioned earlier, the Bengals are um, getting a lot of attention at the moment, and uh, quite rightly, you know, we're a fun team to watch. We've got a great young nucleus of players, uh, fantastically exciting plays, long touchdowns, sacks, interceptions, sometimes the whole lot. You know, we are an attractive proposition for those looking to to get into the NFL and uh, support a team and um, yeah I just wanted to say a big warm welcome to anybody that's new and uh, we're certainly pushing that narrative on our social media platforms we've done a new video to kind of attract more followers and people to the cause uh, we've got a watch party we've got all sorts going on this week we'll mention that later um, you trying to groom some new recruits, some. Well, grooming has negative connotations, uh, Nathan. <laughs> I would just kind of say I would welcome wholeheartedly because that's our mission. Our mission is to grow the fan base over here and to unite the fan base. So if you are listening for the first time, uh, a very warm welcome. And I wanted to talk about briefly the difference in kind of atmosphere. And I, I tried to um, talk a bit about it with Ben coming up. Um, our special guest Ben Baby um, the the difference in atmosphere between the regular season and the playoffs now the obvious thing to say is that it's knockout football now so you know if you as I mentioned a few moments ago if you don't turn up on the day uh, then you're going home it really is you, you've got to bring your A game um, but in terms of a fan point of view it's um what would you say? What would you say is the difference between sort of regular season football and playoff football, Nathan? It's, I mean, I think it's it's a bit like in European football when I think like the Champions League, some of those teams do just step it up a gear. I mean, the NFL season's a long one now. It's you know a lot of games, and I do think that you'll see the absolute best of certain players that are going to give it their all, maybe just put in that extra bit of effort, you know, maybe just leave it all out there on the line, not trying to avoid injuries or anything like that. So I think the intensity will be higher. The crowd's going to be more in the game. And I think that's a huge um, 
plus for us having the game at home. I think having the crowd behind us and, you know, the Raiders got to come out here, Cincinnati, I think that's going to be a really difficult situation for them. So I do just think it takes it up a notch and I think you will see your best players get hot. And I think what, there was a great quote yesterday. I was watching um, a bit of the Sky Sports broadcast and Jeff Reinbold was talking about, um, you know, the playoffs and stuff like that. And he said, when it comes down to the playoffs, it always often, if you don't know who to back and it's quite tight in the AFC, he was sort of talking about the AFC mm. playoff picture. He was like, back the team with the best quarterback. He said, because they will play their best football in the playoffs. And, you know, when it's quite tight like that, that's the guy that you're going to lean on. And I tell you what, it's rare to say for the Bengals, but we might, you know, take obviously Patrick Mahomes is in that conversation, but Joe Burrow is as hot as anyone at the moment. So I think for us and, you know, for the playoffs in general, that's a pretty interesting narrative and certainly one that we, um, you know, in a pretty good position with. So, yeah, I, that, that's probably what I would say there. It's the intensity, though, isn't it? It's kind yeah. of that 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 you know that if you don't win, you're going home. And it just adds so yeah. much jeopardy to the game. And we, we've experienced some cracking late finishes, the Jacksonville game, the Minnesota game, the the Green Bay game, you know what I mean? All really close finishes, you know, San Francisco, which, you know, went the other way. And, um, yeah, this is just a different, I don't know, it's just more intense. If that, if you can imagine such a thing, it, it just gets more. I always go back to the last time we were in the playoffs, the game that shall not be named uh, in early 2016. It finished, what, about four in the morning, something like that, I think? No, oh, yeah, at least, if not but a bit later. I was on the phone to you, uh, who else? Simon Hunter, a few other guys at about six in the morning, still trying to process what had just happened. You know, obviously it went uh, didn't go our way, to say the least, but um, it just shows you, you just invest so much into these games and it's uh, they're really fun with the atmosphere in the stadium the, the stakes are much higher. And as you say, the good players suddenly find another gear, don't they? They they somehow find another gear. And um, it's just sensational stuff. Sport is sensational when it comes down to this kind of thing. And it's just like like you say, it's like the Champions League in that you have the group stages and then you get through to the knockout round and yeah. that's when the business starts, the real 100%, business. 100%. The real business starts. And, and you know, you can... Anything can happen, and you know what? We are in it. We are in it. We are in the mix, and if we can play like we have played the last couple of three weeks, then you know what? There's a chance here. There's a really good chance. I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself or not now. But, um... No, I mean, I think I think the thing is as well for Bengals fans, you talk about that intensity, and I know for a fact Paul Brown Stadium will be absolutely rocking this, Sunday, uh, this Saturday. Um but we, you know, we do have as good of a chance as any to win this game and get that sort of monkey off our back with the playoff thing. And that is one of those things that it might not necessarily be on the players' minds as much because, you know, they have not been around supporting this team for 20, 30 years. But I mean, there's you are talking like a 30-year drought. Yes. You know, you've been a fan of this team since the 80s. You've not seen a playoff win in 30 years. I've been mm -hmm. a fan since I was, oh, what, about 14, 15? I'm 32 now. So you think, Jesus Christ, I've not seen um, you know, a playoff win in my entire fandom. You've not seen one in 30 years. So it's like mm. that as fans. I mean, I'm going to be pacing around Saturday. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be on my mind all this week and because we've seen so many heartbreakers as well. You know, that game that we said won't, won't be named, that was a heartbreaker. It was a real tough loss against the Chargers mm. a couple of years ago in the playoffs. Obviously, that game against the Steelers where Carson Palmer went down in what feels like years and years ago now, which it probably was really, but with the um, you know the knee injury, the game against the Jets where we were heavily favoured in that, I think we were at least six, seven point favourites in that game to sort of uh, beat them and Mark Sanchez and we lost that. So you look back at that and that is just something that I think for all of us as fans would just be an incredible thing to get off our back and move forward with and I think if it was just any old playoff game we'd won a game you know and got to the AFC title four or five years ago you wouldn't see it as such a sort of monumental event but I think for all of us the opportunity to get that win 
And quite frankly, we've lucked out, I think. We're at home, massive. And I think of all the teams you could have faced, I'd much rather play, uh, face the Raiders than I would the Ravens, the Steelers, um, the Colts, the, you know, or the um, Broncos, uh, not the Broncos, the the Colts or the Chargers that missed out. I mm. genuinely think it's a good matchup for us. We've already played the Raiders this year. We've gone into Las Vegas. We've beaten them. Um, I think they're, to be fair to them, they've got quite hot down the stretch. They've won a couple of good games. I mean, it's a great win yesterday for them against the Chargers. Max Crosby's playing like an absolute animal. Um, he might be the best or one of the best, if not certainly top five defensive players in the league at the moment, the way he's playing. But, I think, in all fairness, you'd take that match up. I think it's one that you know, if Joe Burrow can come out and play well, if the defense can play well, I think we win the we win the match. But obviously, you know, when like you said, the intensity is going to be higher, um, and anything can happen in the NFL. So it, it's certainly a very winnable match, but one we can't by any means underestimate. No, absolutely. Oh. God, please, I want it Saturday. The waiting is going to be an absolute killer, isn't it, between now and the weekend? Uh, which is just as well, because we've got some stuff lined up. So let's go to our Paris news board. So uh, we endeavour to put some fun back into this week and help everyone get uh, get excited and engaged and up for it. And uh, we've got a, uh, a playoff gritty challenge. <laughs> and uh, it's running all week. What we want from you guys is videos on uh, sent to our Twitter feed at whoday underscore UK and our Facebook page, um, Bengals UK. We wanna we wanna see you do the gritty. It doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be amazing. It might be the worst gritty anybody has ever seen. But just wear your kit, wear your Bengal stripes. Find a nice flat surface and do the gritty. And uh, you can get the kids involved, you can get your family involved. Uh, similar to our um, combine challenge when we asked you guys to um, uh, to do the 40-yard dash and some cone shuttles and all sorts of stuff. And uh, yeah, so uh, we're going to be playing that out all week. So send us, or at least put them on social media, tag us in your videos, and let's have a bit of a laugh going forward. Uh, on Thursday night, we've also got uh, a watch party from 7.30 UK time, which is, what, 2.30 Eastern, if you're in the States. We will be watching the Bengals' last playoff victory against the Houston Oilers in 1991. Spoiler alert. We win, but it's really nice to watch that back because Boomer's playing and uh, Anthony Munoz is playing and James Brooks and Icky Woods is, was back from his injury. Um, so, yeah, do give us a watch. Uh, we'll be doing that on Twitter. Uh, so come and join. We'll have a hashtag already. Uh, come join in there. Normally good fun. Uh, we'll also be having our... Regular online tailgate on Saturday afternoon, time TBC. And in this tailgate, we're going to be having a live chili cook-off. And we are looking for uh, three home cooks out there. We did this last year and went down really, really well. Um, we visit three people's kitchens and talk to them while they are cooking up a chili. And it could be any iteration of chili. It could be... A gourmet version. It could be a big sloppy ass chili, or it could be uh, something more in line with a skyline or a gold star. So, however you want to do it, uh, do get in touch with us. We'll be putting out the word on on Facebook and uh, Twitter. But we were looking for three people to cook along with us, and uh, there may be some prizes if I can sort something out. Uh, and then, of course, it's the game on uh, on Saturday. Um, so there's your news lots going on gritty challenge all week get your videos in don't be shy uh, Thursday night watch party uh, Bengals versus the Oilers from 1991 and on Saturday evening it will be chilly cook off time on the online tailgate so do come and say hello right let's get to our special guest and bring in Ben as promised, we now cut to one of our favourite correspondents. It is Ben Baby from ESPN. Ben, Happy New Year. Great to see you again. 
Hey, Paul, it's all, it's always a pleasure. It's a, uh, been a very riveting season. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know if it's one that all of us expected at the beginning of the year, but the, the Bengals are in the playoffs for the first time since 2015. So uh, if you're a Bengals fan, there's a lot to be happy for. And uh, 2022 is off to a good start for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I uh, Before we get to the Bengals, um, if you don't follow Ben on Twitter, you should, uh, at Ben underscore baby, um, especially for us, us Brits. And I say that um, because... Ben is a huge cricket fan, and I do enjoy your cricket tweets. Your sleep patterns seem to be all over the place when you kind of follow. <laughs> like you tweeted about about the Test match in Australia recently. You you tweet out about the IPL. Your love of cricket has just exploded in the past year or so, has it, or has it always been there? So I have to credit my ESPN colleague, Bill Barnwell, for pushing me over the edge. So I grew up, so I'm a first generation Indian American and you don't really get a lot of cricket like in the States. Uh, it's hard to watch. And with the advent of streaming, it's become a lot easier. And now ESPN has actually um, picked up the rights for the IPL in the United States. So if you want to watch and basically all BCCI events, so all Indian cricket events in, in India, they're all on ESPN Plus. I believe we also have the New Zealand rights and, and the West Indies rights. So cricket's so much more accessible. So I've now watched a lot of it. And now, you know, I've got a, a Willow subscription. So I, I watch, you know, I've watched the Ashes. And I was telling, I just tweeted out, I said, you know, the Chargers might have gotten a tie if they had Jimmy Anderson at the crease. Uh, you know, but unfortunately <laughs> they didn't. So, uh, you know, they, they are now sitting at home. And, you know, just, uh, you know, Jimmy Anderson comes to, uh, will we'll come for us all. If there's anything yes. I've learned watching cricket. Uh, over the years, but it's, it's been fun. I've, I actually feel like I'm a Brit at heart yesterday. I woke up with news of the ashes, watched Arsenal lose the Nottingham Forest in the FA cup, which was of course, Arsenal going to be Arsenal. Uh, and then I've really gotten in the F1 because of drive to survive. Uh, I'm really excited to see what uh, Brit George Russell does uh, alongside Lewis Hamilton. So uh, I'm really excited. I, I basically just watch a bunch of British sports now. If that, that's, that's all this is going to. I do particularly enjoy when you try when your um, American followers kind of go cricket. What that? What's, what's all that about? And you come up with some of the best metaphors of description I've seen. Uh, the one with Lindsay Patterson, where you, where she was saying, "Yeah, maybe I need to get into cricket," you know, because you were you were dropping baseball mixed with this, mixed with that. Go for it, you know, it's brilliant. Uh, we couldn't agree more. Um, but this is a Bengals podcast, Ben. Unfortunately, I could talk to you about cricket all day. Um, what a season. I mean, you've been in Cincinnati for a couple of years now. Did you ever think that they'd get this far so quickly? No, I, I definitely didn't think so. I mean, I, at the beginning of the year, I think I had them at a, as a 7-10 and 10 team, uh, mostly because I think most people who do follow me and, and follow my work knows that I uh, I generally do not skew towards the optimistic side. I, I, I'm very much a, a person that I need, to, I need to see the proof before I can fully back somebody. Uh, and so, I, you know, for the Bengals, they just haven't shown the proof the last couple of years. And even throughout this season, I mean, even leading up to the week uh, where they played Denver, they were coming off a two game losing streak. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk that that could stretch to three. And even in that game, uh, the Bengals were very much on the ropes there. And I think that that was the turning point for the season. Honestly, Khalid Kareem's uh, strip sack fumble of Drew Locke right at the goal line as the Broncos are about to score you could argue that was the inflection point of the entire season because of the Broncos score there, they win that game. We're probably talking about a much different situation and environment around this Bengals franchise, but the Bengals got the win. Uh, they go out and they beat Baltimore and Kansas city, get their first three game win streak. And now, you know, the Bengals are in the playoffs for the first time since 2015, have a great shot of picking up their first win and really making a run. And to use another cricket metaphor here, I think the Bengals have their version of Virat Kohli to a degree in that, you know, in Joe Burrow, because, you know, when you look at the Indians, for those who don't watch cricket, I'm just going to go and fill you in real quick. With, with, with Kohli in the Indian side, I feel like there's always a belief that, you know, India can come back and win just about any game they're in. We've seen that, you know, when they were at the Gabba this year, even when Kohli was out, uh, they, they got a lovely test victory at Lords this year in England, which is the home of cricket. As an Indian fan, you love to see it. And Burrow kind of has that same, you know, ability as a true leader. And honestly, I think a lot of people in cricket view Coley as one of the top leaders in the game, one of the top players in the game. But it's the belief that he instills in his side 
And I think that Joe Burrow has that same effect on his team and that when he's in the, when he's playing, when he's there, there is a confidence that kind of oozes out from him to the rest of the players. And they believe that they're in any game that, you know, because of who they have at the helm and with that leadership at the top of the team. And so I think that's been a big X factor and he's become more of a leader this year as well. He talked about it that in his first year, he was a little hesitant to be as vocal as he as he is now because, you know, he was a rookie. You're still learning the ropes. And he's someone that he has to go out and put things on tape and kind of lead by example as well. And it's hard to do that as a rookie. But as a second-year player, he definitely has more authority. We've seen that come out. And he's definitely played much better the second half of the season, really, these last few games, and is a big reason why the Bengals have made this turnaround. I was going to say, because we – I mean – those of us that were there in 2015 and watching the game that shall not be named in very early 2016, um, we'd been trying to figure out the differences really um, between the two teams. And to me personally, I know a lot of people will agree with this. It is Joe Burrow. Um, As you say, the way he just exudes confidence, the way he can just pick up this team and carry it on his back. You know what I mean? And, I think that seems to be one of the main reasons. Um, what has really surprised you about this team this year? What is, you know, you mentioned going into the year, you perhaps didn't think that they were going to you know, make too much waves, but I, I think all us fans hoped that they would be a fun team to watch, at least, because uh, they certainly had the talent uh, in the skill positions. What, what surprised you particularly and specifically as we've seen this team kind of evolve and develop over the weeks. Yeah, I think for me, the the, the biggest thing is the defense. I, I felt like that was a big question mark. I thought Lou, under, Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator, was going to be under a lot of pressure uh, to really field a good unit. They've invested a lot of money on that side of the ball. Got Trey Hendrickson, uh, you know, Chidabe Awuzie uh, flew under the radar, Mike Hilton. Uh, they have spent a lot of money on that side and they needed to play better. And over the course of the year, Lou's group has really answered the call, played really well. I thought that, you know, the Hendrickson signing, which was one that I was a little skeptical of in the offseason, has really come off very, very well. Uh, That's been really important. And I I think for me, watching the defense grow, and that's a big reason why, is the offense kind of struggled to find its form and really struggled to find its identity and what it was going to be good at. It was the defense that was keeping them in games for, for, you know, throughout the season. And it has allowed them kind of that room to figure out, okay, what is it we're going to be allowed burrow more time to get comfortable coming off the knee surgery uh, from last season. And I think that's probably been the most pleasant surprise. And, And the fact that they were able to win against Kansas city by keeping the, keeping them without a touchdown in the second half, uh, against an offense that has Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. It's just truly phenomenal. So I think the defense deserves a ton of credit and Arumo deserves a ton of credit. And and frankly, Zach Taylor in the front office for this, you know, keeping that consistency, having patience uh, throughout across the board, because it would have been easy to maybe fire Lou after two seasons and, and switch things up. Instead, they, they hedged their bets that this was going to get better under year three. And it turned out to be be correct. And you know, I think another thing that I think is important to, to, and since we've already talked so much about cricket, and I think most of the people here are understand cricket, there's a, a thing that I can't really vocalize that maybe those in the UK will get, and it's the, it's the concept of playing with intent. And if you watch cricket, you understand that there's a difference between defending the ball and attacking the ball. And throughout the season, and it's very hard to say this to like football fans, but hopefully a lot of listeners will get this. The Bengals have played with intent, and that is important when you want to win. When you don't want to – because when you want to play for a draw, you don't play with intent. You're playing defensively. But when you want to play to win, you play with intent. And from week one, we saw the Bengals play with intent. You know, they went for it, you know, on fourth fourth and one on their own 30, up 14 against Minnesota. They went in wanting to go in and put the nail in the coffin in that game. It backfired, but I think it was a good sign that, you know, it was a good signal of what was to come. And then throughout the year, they've been aggressive in certain situations, excuse me, certain situations. We saw that in the Kansas City game uh, where they said, you know, we're going to go out and, you know, this is the way we're going to play. Zach Taylor didn't, you know, want a uh, field goal at the end. He really wanted to play for the touchdown, 
which was, again, a sign of we want to go out and take the division and have that intent. And having that at the beginning of the season, I think, was very important. And it's something that also has been surprising is that from the from the start of the year, the Bengals signaled that they meant business in 2021 and they followed through with that and had uh, the type of season that I think has really taken all of uh, all of the league and the nation by storm. Mm, you know, I think that's a really good point and excellent, excellent crisp, cr- cricket metaphoring there as well. Um, but yeah, you're right. It is playing with tennis, not leaving the ball. It's kind of, um, you know, going waltzing down that, the pitch to kind of hammer it back over the bowler's head. You know, if we're going to keep going with those cricketing uh, metaphors. Um, ben, I think people are genuinely excited. They're, I've heard this phrase a lot. This team feels different. Um, what what do you, so spoken about Burroughs, spoken about the defence, Mentally, what what is this team about, do you think? I think it's a very resilient bunch. I, I think that's definitely, you know, one of the biggest takeaways of the season. Because I think there's very there, – there are many times this year where they could have folded – um, many times over the last couple of years where they could have folded were Zach Taylor after, you know, having only, you know, a, a, what is it, four, you know, five wins in the first year, six wins in the first two years, saying, you know what, I don't really know if this is going the way it needs to. And they, they all kind of basically, for lack of a better phrase, trusted the process and they understood kind of where things were headed. And uh, that resiliency, I think, has been big. And, you know, this week on ESPN.com, we're writing about the, uh, the infamous curse of Bo Jackson, which I find quite comical. Uh, to a certain degree, only because it, it seems to have only become a thing in the last few years. And, you know, we've talked about, uh, for those who don't know, uh, Bo Jackson was hurt in, in the Bengals playoff game in 1991. And since then, they have not won a playoff game since Bo went down. But, you know, a lot that's so it's 31 years of losing, 31 years that, you know, they haven't had a playoff victory. It's the longest drought in the NFL. And I think for a lot of Bengals fans, they remember a lot of that vividly. But for these players, they don't even remember the 2015 loss because none of them were here. And one of the benefits of overhauling the roster like the Bengals have is that there is such a short memory because all of these guys, I mean, were either in high school or college, like they were not thinking about, oh, you know, here we go again. Whereas when you have some guys who are on the team, you know, when you look at how the roster was built as, as, you know, previously as 2019, you know, those guys had been with the franchise for most of the decade. So they were there at the beginning when, when, you know, when they had that run from 2011 to 2015, you know, perpetually couldn't get over the hump and kind of maybe had a mental block. And now that all those guys are no longer on the roster. I mean, this is a very fresh team that doesn't know any better. They're, they're naive to a degree to the, to the, the history of Cincinnati not being able to perform uh, well and then perform once they get in the playoffs, which I think is a very good thing uh, for them. And so I think that mixed with the resiliency they've showed throughout the season it are two key defining traits. And if you're looking for reasons why the Bengals will kind of you know break that drought, I think those are going to be two big reasons why. Uh, really good points on that one, Ben. I think I really agree with you. Uh, okay, let's wrap this up. Thank you, as ever, Ben. Um, always great to talk to you. Uh, playing the Raiders, tricky team. Beat them once, but you know they've got some weapons. They'll be fired up as you, any team would be in the playoffs, right? They'll be ready to go. Um, how? Here's the golden question, I guess, the six hundred million dollar question. How far can this team go? It's a, it's a, I always catch myself and, and like I, there's a lump in my throat right before I say it because it's always me going, do I really want to say this? But <laughs> I think the proof is in the pudding. I think the Bengals can go as far as they want to go. I think the AFC is wide open. And when you look at the way that the Bengals have played throughout the season, I think the two most important games are going to be the, the game against the Packers at the beginning of the year and then the game against the Chiefs and why they're important. Uh, you know, those are two of the best teams in the NFL and the Bengals played with them uh, very well. They they split those games, obviously took the Packers to overtime in a game the Bengals easily could have won and then beat the Chiefs at the Chiefs' own game, uh, which was fascinating. And, and those games were spread out. It wasn't like they came at – you know, the same point in the season where the Bengals were maybe hot, um, you know, and, play, and in good form. You know, I think the fact that they were both spread out and, and they played very well against those teams shows that the Bengals can, can make a run. I think the AFC is there for the taking. The Bengals opened as a six and a half point favorite against Oak, against the Raiders, which is a very wide margin when you're looking at it from a betting perspective. And then if you're, if you're Cincinnati, I mean, who exactly is going to scare you in the AFC when you know what you're capable of? And I think that there is a belief that, you know, I asked Jamar Chase, I said, you know, how far do you think you guys can go? And he goes, we can go as far as we want to. And I think that that 
confidence that of you know winning the way they have throughout the season, dominating Baltimore, dominating Pittsburgh, you know, playing, beating Kansas City, hanging in with Green Bay, all of the things that they learned throughout the season. I think those lessons are going to be very valuable in the postseason. Now, the question is going to be, I think the big X factor is this is a team that hasn't really dealt with this kind of pressure or tension before. I mean, a lot of these guys uh, don't know what it's like at the NFL level. Now, the one thing that I think will be talked about as we record this on a Monday uh, throughout the week, if you notice, the Bengals have done a very interesting job of how they built throughout the draft and that they built from a lot of guys who were successful at the college level. They got a ton of winners, and that's maybe by why they're winning. You look at Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, uh, even you, you know, T. Higgins played in that national championship game against Burrow. Uh, DJ Reader, Clemson was very good when he was there. Um, you know, Trey Hendrickson and Von Bell came from the Saints, a, a culture which plays playoff football on a regular basis. All of these things were intentional in how they built the roster. They went ahead and they got winners because they wanted a locker room that was that knew what winning felt like and the pressure that it takes to win when the stakes are high. So while they don't know what the playoff pressure was like in the NFL, they have a taste of that, you know, at the college level and then with other teams. So I think that's going to be the big X factor. How does that translate? You know, will the, will the, how will the, the Bengals fare with the tension uh, for the first time with this group? Uh, but, but when you look at what they've done on the field throughout the regular season, there's, there's no reason not to think that they can't hang with anybody in the league. Well, there you go. That's fired me right up. Thank you very much, Ben. It's a grim, grey, dull day today, and now I, I'm back on my can't wait for Saturday to come. Um, thank you so much, Ben. It's always a pleasure. Enjoy India, South Africa, and uh, enjoy the game on, uh, on Saturday. Uh, thanks so much for the time. Awesome. Thanks, Paul. There we go. There's the brilliant Ben Baby. Uh, always a treat to hear from him. And you know, Nathan, uh, we... Well, this is probably not going to be a surprise to anyone, but we stayed talking about cricket for about half an hour after that. I, after that uh, interview stopped, so um, cheers to Ben for hanging around and and chatting. Some you and Ben can chat. start your own cricket podcast, Sam. Well, do you know what that was mentioned? Actually, that was mentioned. Um, but yeah. He's brilliant, and I love the fact that he compared Joe Burrow to Virat Kohli. Now, that may mean nothing to a lot of people out there, but to people over here who love their cricket, I wonder that's not a bad comparison, really. You know, he leads from the front. He's maybe not as aggressive as Kohli, I don't think. He's much cooler and calmer, uh, is Joe Burrow, but uh, quite a fun analogy there from uh, from Ben. And uh, what I really thought was interesting, actually, was when he said, um, you know, Zach needed to clean house. Not because of the whole Marvin thing, but because he wanted players who hadn't got any memory of any past defeats or upsets. And I thought that was a really, really good point. You know, we, we kind of talked about, you know, when you get rid of kind of generational players like your AJ Greens, your Geno Atkins, your Carlos Dunlaps, your Andy Daltons, etc., etc., um, it is really tough, and you just kind of think, oh, he's a new guy bringing his new guy, you know, new new fellas in. But actually, that makes sense, doesn't it? You know, it it's important to get those new young guys in, especially if they get to this stage because they have no memory of any horror defeats at five years ago or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. And I think that's for fans. We're all very anxious and nervous about the game. And we obviously want to get this win and get that monkey off our back. For a lot of these guys, they're young. They're not going to be too fussed about it. They won't probably be thinking about it too much. There's not going to be, like you said, people in the locker room. I think the only two guys off the top of my head I can think of is um, Kevin Huber and Clark Harris that would have been on the team. Um, Certainly five years ago. I think that was it, basically. Yeah, which is completely crazy. There might be someone possibly, but... It certainly doesn't. Tyler Boyd wasn't on that team, was he? No, he wasn't. Uh, I think he was a rookie in 2016, along with CJ as well. Yeah, I mean, they were yeah, Marvin guys. Yeah. And, of course, uh, Joe Mixon was a Marvin, drafted by Marvin. And um, I think uh, Jesse was also drafted by Marvin. You know, there's a, there's a good handful of players on that team. Trey Hopkins as well. Um, that is still there from the Marvin years, but not necessarily... As far back as 2015 or 2016. Oh, Marvin. Yeah, absolutely. Um, nice to see that photograph of him and Whitworth. Uh, yeah, that was a nice photo. Fat. That. 
I'd see um, what Whitworth's house in LA didn't look too bad, did it either? That massive. Was... <laughs> it's absolutely massive. Um, yeah. um, do, do you know what I thought with that house, right? Just quickly, anyone hasn't on. seen the picture, I apologise. He had those massive, like, sliding doors, which almost made the house feel like it was just, like, completely outdoors. Yes. But surely, like, birds would just fly in and you'd be pissed off. Or coyotes as well, stray cats and... Yeah, but, like, birds would just fly in. Like, you wouldn't... The coyotes probably know better than to... Like, you'd probably just shut it at night. But birds during the day would just get stuck in your house, wouldn't they? Do you know what, no? There's something I'd never thought of before, um... But you're right. I mean, um, oh, we've had our first gritty video in breaking. Goodness me, it's Stuart Baird doing the gritty with his clothes on, which is extraordinary. Um, so, oh, it looks good. It looks good. It looks really good. He's doing well. Um, anyway, yes, back to the birds. I don't know. Maybe. Or maybe they wouldn't. Mind you, birds don't know better, do they? Let's face it. If they were just like flying about, like, and there was that because his ceiling was massive as well, it's like a huge ceiling. So I feel like they'd just be flying about and they'd just end up like in your kitchen on the like the shelves or something, like perched up, like you'd be fuming. Well, I've uh, I've um, I've uh, I've had have you ever had that a bird flying into your house or room and it's a, just a nightmare to get hold of it to get out again because they're Poor bird, they just often think, hold on, what have I done here? And then suddenly get really scared and they just sit there on or perch there on a high place. And then it takes ages for you to sort of shoo it around. And then when you do it, it flies to another perch. And basically it could be an all-day enterprise trying to get that bird out. And then you kind of think, oh, you don't want to touch it because it's filthy. Birds are filthy, aren't they? Let's face it. Um, they could also be like bite you or something, couldn't they? <laughs> like, like they could like kill you. They could. Well, it depends what bird. If it's an eagle, then see um, if it's a crow. They're animals, crows. Like, I, I love mean, literally, they are like literally them. an animal. Yeah, <laughs> but they, they're absolutely ferocious. Like you should see their beaks. Like they're so clever as well. Right. Like crows are one of the one of the. I think they're one of the cleverest birds. They know they can recognise human faces, and their beaks. No, like, they, they can't. What are you they talking can. about? Crows can recognise human faces. Look it up. Like, if you feed a crow, it'll know. It'll come back. Yeah, honestly, I tell you. But their beaks could go through. I reckon they could go through There's another classic Palmer quote there. If you feed a crow, it'll know. I think, again, (laughs) that's on a T-shirt at some stage, isn't it, really? They'll know about it, mate. They'll come back back for more. Well... uh... I don't know what to say to that. I've never I've never been. I've never had that experience. It sounds like you've been scarred by an experience. I I like crows childhood. a lot. Do you? I've, yeah, I do. I've got a lot of love for crows. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Why? Where does that come from exactly? I just think they're quite. I've got a lot of love for like intelligent animals. I think they're quite, they're right. quite conniving crows and like. They're quite yeah. The way the way they go about getting their food, it's a lot more like they're a lot more like tactful, more interesting. How than do you seagulls. know all this stuff seagulls about crows? Are just like man. thieves, like they're just like steal from you, and they're a bit aggressive. Or crows are a bit more like a bit savvy, like a cat. Yeah, bit, yeah, savvy and a bit more sort of like you know they go about their business a bit in a slyer fashion. You know, seagulls are absolute thugs, aren't they? Let's they are. That's it. exactly what I mean. They're absolute thugs. I mean, they don't like, they care. Just, they don't care. No. No, they just go on just, bombing raids, whatever. Yeah, it's just they're quite aggressive and they're loud and like, look at me, look at me. They're massive seagulls. You've oh. seen a seagull up close recently? They're huge. Not recently, Nathan. I live. I'm landlocked <laughs> about 300 miles they're away. Big from lads, the coast. I tell you. I know. Um, well, there's an entertaining tangent for everyone there. Um, shall we get to your correspondence? I bet there are no. I bet you anything there are no questions about crows uh, in this correspondence. Um, you never know. I do know. I've read them already. So, um, <laughs> Slam Dunk. It's Slam Dunk the Funk. Solid handle. Could you ask Ben who he would have opening the batting for England? Sorry, uh, Duncan, that was off camera. Um, off camera, off microphone or whatever, where we discussed Indian and uh, English batting performances. Other than that, Duncan says, roll on Saturday night. LFG. We all know what LFG means. See, when I see LFG, I always think of the BFG, Big Friendly Giant. So I don't see it as a swear. I see it as something quite cute, like Large Friendly Giant. But it's not. It means uh, 
Well, you know what it means, don't you? Um, time to bury the playoff curse. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Memphis Soul Stewart, Stuart Baird, 688. Just about a perfect kickoff for us in the UK. Let's have a good one. Yes. Rob Hill at 3003. Rob, I got told off by Rob. What did he say? I think I might have, might have had a bit of a go at his handle because it's just numbers, isn't it? And Rob, but there is significance to the numbers. So oh I yeah, do, I saw that. Yeah, I do yeah, apologise yeah. to Rob. Uh, anyway, he says watching Red Zone last night, it was clear that so many of these top teams are beatable. The Bengals have a real shot at this if we can get past the Raiders and remove the psychological monkey on the back of the fan base. Yep. Our two tackles will be key to winning this one. Dan Waite at DNKW, very excited about next week. These are great times, much to enjoy, much to look forward to. Uh, that's it. Who day? Who day to you, Dan? Who day? Uh, Jamie at Trequart Beaster. I'm so up for Saturday. Loud PBS, a young, fired-up team, and the best chance in a long time to slay a few demons. Curse of Bo, Force of Joe, more like. Let's have them. Uh, Re yesterday, a nice performance for Mike Daniels and Tyler Shelvin, the biggest guy I've ever seen since Sam Adams. He's a big lad, that Tyler Shelvin, isn't he? Jesus. I know, he is indeed. Um, Martin at Dorset Bengal. Saturday night is perfect scheduling for us here in the UK. Going to be a great night. Who day? Who day to you, Martin? Uh, Who day? Dave Cass at Come On Didier. Solid handle. Next week is everything to win just once. Now, Dave is of my vintage, so he will have experienced some of the 80s uh, shenanigans, and uh, we haven't experienced that since. That'd be lovely to, to win one. Sean at Disciple of Ange, uh, Saturday night, and like the way you throw, Joey Burrow. Um, don't we all? Killian at uh, Malloy underscore double zero. It felt like I was watching a preseason game last night. Good to see so many of the fringe guys get reps. With everything that the Raiders went through last night, it might have taken a bit out of them. Hopefully our starters are well-rested and take advantage of that. And today, of course, the Bengals uh, notified everyone that the likes of Joe Mixon, Trey Hendricks and Quinton Spain, the whole lot of people who are off, or sorry, who are on the COVID list are now off it and there will be... Um, they will be joining up with the rest of the team. So we will be in relatively good health, I think. I'll tell you what, if I'm the Bengals, I'm lock I'm quarantining Joe Boy. I'm just sticking him in like one of those bubbles and like feeding him food yeah. through a letterbox. I mean there's I just can you imagine that popping out on Twitter like Adam Schefter breaks that he gets COVID and he's out. I mean I'd yeah. be spitting feathers, you know what I mean? So Joe Boy, if you're listening, stay at home. Lock yourself in your room. No funny business, you know. Yeah. Keep yourself, keep yourself in good health, my son. Mark Lee at Podgy Six. Uh, I, <laughs> I know that's a solid hand. I don't know. Yeah, well, you can you can give him a Podgy, Podgy is Six. It, is it a shocky hand? I don't know. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I don't know. You'll have to decide on the other. You're the handle uh, administrator here. Taking me, taking me off guard. This handle. I know. Best time caller. I think. Uh, welcome, Mark. Uh, best give him a solid handle if he's a first-time caller. I don't want him to, uh, you know, feel his handle's not up to scratch. Um, I know it's a few weeks late, but how do you feel about the Bengals not choosing a country for the international market? Oh, that's the least of my worries now, Mark. Um, I'm, I'm still not quite sure what the benefits are to uh, securing. Uh, the whole marketing license for an international country. I was surprised that I'm surprised that people just couldn't market where they wanted anyway. I'm, I wasn't sure uh, if that why that was a thing, but yeah, I'll look into it a bit more, Mark. And um, do you know what? I'm more interested in how it affects grassroots fan groups like us. Really, who've put a lot of work into building communities, and then um, and then kind of have. Uh, I don't know. It's a weird one, I think. Um, as, as you can tell, I'm, I'm not entirely sure by the benefits or the the disadvantages to that. I'm not quite sure. But you know, if it if it if it you know grows fan bases, then in those particular countries, then uh, I think it's a good thing. And also, I do think that um, 
from what I understand, just because a team hasn't gone for it this year, that doesn't stop them applying for it uh, next year or the year after. So I'm sure this is just going to be the first of a, you know, a long line of of, uh, territories marked up uh, in these marketing uh, agreements. Uh, right, Alistair Legg. That was a terrible answer to a question. I really wasn't quite sure how to answer it. But Alistair Legg, at, what do you think? My, my, shall I ask you about that, Nathan? You're an actual marketeer, aren't you? So um, I don't like you, said I don't really understand the intricacies of what you get, what you don't. Like if you can only target a certain market with maybe your spend or the, what the NFL will sort of leverage you on certain, you know, more in certain yeah, yeah. regions or territories versus others. I, I, I'm honestly not sure of the ins and outs so I'd, I'd rather not stick my neck on the line um with go. that alistair leg at darby's underscore bengal this is my first winning season as a bengals fan and i've loved every second so far 2017 was my first season player football seems like the beginning for this team and i'm glad i'm here for the ride we have the quality to get that elusive playoff win agreed alistair and good to have you with me James at Baggett Disco. Um, Solid handle. I'm just excited to be here, he says. Uh, and I agree with that. It's just fun to be back in the mix and to be relevant and to be absolutely, you know, kind of with a chance of doing something quite special. I think every team in the players obviously thinks that. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it is exciting. It is a feeling that's different from the regular season and um i can't bloody wait i really can't yeah, wait i'm excited with with we're in there like i mean you take yesterday's game out you just try to pretend that didn't happen yeah we are riding a pretty hot wave you know before yeah. that there's some very very good wins and to beat the chiefs to secure the division at home was you know like a, a lot of people said last week one of the biggest wins um in the last decade, last maybe even the last 20 years for the Bengals. So I do think that not only are we in the playoffs to sort of cause a bit of trouble and maybe win a game or two, there's a genuine feeling, I think, and you said this before we got on air today, you'd fancy us against the Titans in the next game if we were to beat mm. the Raiders. And yeah. you look at the AFC, there's not the powerhouses of like the Patriots and people like the Broncos with you know ferocious defence and Peyton Manning. And it really isn't as strong as it has been. Yes, the Chiefs are... You know, to me, the best team in the AFC by a, uh, a decent margin. But then we beat them at home, and I know it was a tight game. And, and we they really looked vulnerable against off. the Broncos. No, as well. I agree. And their defense, genuinely, I don't. I think that's their sort of Achilles' heel. Is their defense is um, really not playing up? But I also don't think they've looked as explosive on no, offense as they have in the last couple of years. So they they look very beatable. You know, so I do think. Yeah, it, that's the thing that's sort of tickling my tickling me a little bit. Mm. Like because I'm like, hang on a minute. Like if we play like we did the towards the sort of back end of the season, certainly in the last couple of weeks, where you know we're hitting our stride, we've got people healthy. A lot of teams don't. That's a real plus for us. We're at home, certainly against the Raiders. There's no reason we could make a serious run at this. And when I say serious run, I mean go to the Super Bowl. I think the NFC, mm. the teams in the NFC, the Packers, the Rams, the Cardinals, um, I think those sort of teams, you know, obviously the Cowboys as well, they've got really hot recently. That's, I think, going to be really difficult. But only one of those can come out to it. And if it gets to a Super Bowl, who knows? And, but I you know, certainly we play, think we, we, the AFC, we, you, you fancy, I think we yeah. can do it. No, I'm with you, man. I'm with you, absolutely. As long as we play like we did against the Ravens and the Chiefs, especially, you know, um, and not like the Jets. Or, yes. you know, the start, you know, for the first half against San Francisco and the Chargers. Um, no mistakes. But then again, you know what? The last three weeks or so, there's there haven't been mistakes. They seem to have really cut it out, you know. And um, I don't think it helped us playing Brandon Allen and the backups yesterday. I, I, Not that it made any real difference to have played Burrow and everyone yesterday and just gone for it, but mm. 
I do almost wish last this week didn't exist as a game. I just wish the playoffs were mm. this week and we could have just rode his hot hand from that Kansas City game. I just think the extra week of sort of resting up and another game and, you know, obviously it's a really drab game and you sort of think, you know, then you've got to go into Kansas City. The Raiders are hot. They're going to be absolutely buzzing after overcoming that surging comeback from the Chargers to sort of win that game and get into the playoffs after all they've been through. And Derek Carr sort of been playing quite well the last couple of weeks. They really did a good job to get into the playoffs. Obviously, their first time, I think it's his first game in the playoffs, Derek Carr, which is crazy because he's been around the league for a long time. Um, and obviously, for Las Vegas as a as a city, their first playoff game yeah. ever, I believe. So there's quite a bit of significance for them and they're coming in with a lot of momentum. I mean, you, you look back in when we handled them fairly comfortably at the start of the season and you'd have said, cool, you know, give us that, if we're going to get them at home, mm in the playoffs, you'd be licking your chops and you think that's going to be a pretty easy win for us. But I think with us, you know, not playing Burrow last week, trying to get rest people up and with them coming off a big win, it's going to be harder than you'd think. And as we said at the start of the show, the intensity goes up and, you know, it's playoff football. It's every man for himself. So going to be a really good game, I think. I don't think anyone will run away with it. Um, so we can strap yourselves in. Yeah, and I also think they do have players that can hurt us. You know, you mentioned Crosby, who was a nightmare against us in the first half earlier on this season. I um, mean, he had the beating of Jonah Williams, I think, and certainly. Well, no, it wasn't Jonah, was it? It was more Riley Reef, and you know they've got Ngokwe as well. And they, on the offensive side of the ball, you know, I like Jacobs. I like, you know, Darren Waller's a hell of a player, hell of a kind of. A mismatchy dude back there. You know, they've got players that can really, really hurt us. I like Brian Edwards as a receiver. I like, you know, Carr is a, is an above-average quarterback on his day. Josh he, Jacobs good as well, isn't he? Like yeah, back. yeah, absolutely. You know, they've got players. They've got really good players. And yet, you know, they've been galvanised by this adversity. They've been... Uh, they must be, as you say, their confidence must be sky highest. Whether physically and mentally that, that game took it out of them but I think generally even if that game didn't exist I still think we're a better team um, yeah I agree I, I genuinely do feel that Crosby could try and take that game over because he did take it over a bit at the end against the Chargers and obviously with Riley Reef being out as well yeah you just think he's going to be I mean obviously you know the, that record of and I know it's a 17 game um, season so you know the the fact <laughs> that we gave up more sacks than ever any any other season sort of you know it's not quite comparable but that is a weakness of ours the offensive line i still think it's definitely better than it has been but it's still by no means a strength of this team and mm. i do think with a player like him coming in hot they you know the raiders defensive line played very well yesterday they they're going to be looking at the bengals and thinking if joe boy does hold the ball for a bit longer and he's dancing around they're going to be coming after him so that's certainly a battle to watch and be aware of, I think. Max Crosby um, is going to be up against Isaiah Prince this week. I mean, that's outrageous, isn't it? Mm, I mean, that's, 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 with all due respect to IP, I think that's a bit of a mismatch there. So they better have their blocking schemes and uh, concepts. You might see CJ Uzama having to help out there. Do you know well, what I mean? Well, more Just so Drew Sample, really, and, unless they play. Yeah. You know, I remember uh, them bringing in Isaiah Prince to help out. Riley Reef in that Raiders game, yeah, so they might yeah. have to bring in someone like Fred Johnson or Deontay Smith, who played pretty well yesterday, I think, in his first start in the NFL. Um, but it should be fun. It should be a good game, and I think uh, I do think, however, if, if Borrow and Crew turn up like they did against the Chiefs and the Ravens, then I, I, I just don't see the Raiders keeping up with us, really. I mean, no, I like I said, I think if we play well, we win. I think that's it. I think if we play well and really, I don't think the Raiders have got enough. If we if we sit there on the podcast next Monday and say, look, we play really well, then I just think we win the game. I don't think that they're going to overpower us. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And you're going to get beaten handily by them. So... Well, we shall see. We will be back. But before we go, uh, Nathan, I'm going to spring this on you. I want you to give a motivational speech to some stirring music. Are you up for that? Do you want want a couple of moments to compose yourself? How do you want me to sort of frame it? Like I'm speaking to the players or... No, whoever. Whoever you want. Just a big rousing speech to get everyone in the mood and get their juices going if their juices 
aren't already flowing and coursing okay. like a white water rapid around their body. Um, <laughs> all right. All right. All okay. Right. Ready, 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 ready. The time is now, Bengals fans. I don't think we've had a better opportunity in a long time to get that playoff win. We've got Joe Boy Burrow playing as well as he's played, looking like a top three NFL quarterback. We've got the best matchup we could have had against the Raiders at home in Paul Brown Stadium. It's going to be rocking. I really honestly back us to get this win. The defence is playing well. We're healthy. The Raiders are going to be tired. They've got to travel cross-country. I really think we can win this. And not only that, we can make a run. The Titans, I fancy us against them. They're not the best team. So get behind us. Get a good drink in. Get some good food in. Get yourself pumped up. Get behind the boys this week. Show them some love. If you go into the game, be as loud as you can. Scream the place down. We're going to get this win. Our backers, I don't think we've ever had a better chance. Hooray! Well, I don't know about you, but I'm now almost... Well, I was going to say something rude there, but I won't. But um, you've got me going, Nathan. You've got me going real good. Uh, real good. Um, thank you for that. I it's hope that... true, though, man. I mean, we we could. like. There's not. I, I really strongly... I think I've never been more confident of us getting a win in the playoffs. See, that's what scares me. That's what scares me. Uh, yeah, no, it... I, I completely agree. But I don't know. I do think we're being overly positive because of those two massive wins against the Ravens. Yeah, I know. And I, know. The Chiefs. I think if you took out, I mean, all the Browns game didn't really count, but you do look back at some games before then when we weren't, I mean, Denver was a good win, but you, like you said, you look back on some of those games through this season, like the Jets was awful when it, and you know, there have been a couple of other games. The Browns game was pretty poor. The first one. So we're absolutely not immune to playing a stinker. And I do think that as much as this is a young team that, won't really be thinking about that Steelers game and the you know games of the past. I do still think that they'll know that the weight of expectation and how much it would mean to this fan base that they that will be in the back of their minds. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. It, it's a it's a fantastic opportunity at the very least, and I, I think if we can just play mistake free football, not do what we've done all season, no penalties, yeah, don't turn the ball over. That's a big thing. Play smart ride Joe Burrow's hand, I think we we probably will do it. But I'm nervous, son. Yeah, I'm nervous and excited in equal measure. Yeah. Um, and, of course, we will be back next Monday to dissect everything that happened. Let's hope that we've broken that ridiculous 30-year thing, curse of Bo, if you believe in that utter nonsense. Um, let's 30. hope. Let's hope we've uh, we've managed to smash it and we will go on to the Titans the week after, but one game at a time, eh? Um, I'm excited. Strap in, ladies and gentlemen. You will never have experienced anything like this if you're new to supporting the Bengals. If you're uh, old hands like Nathan and I, we've been through it before, and it is genuinely exciting. So just strap in, enjoy the moment, enjoy the game, and it is a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys.